It's the All Anna Kendrick Show for June 17, 2020. How's it going, everybody? Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. Wow, the last week has been pretty, pretty, pretty intense, I'll be honest. I'm recording this pretty late Tuesday evening. Uh, the sun is too long, you know? I think the summer solstice is coming up in about a week, so, you know, the sun is ever so long. You don't know the time is passing, especially working from home, remote, and all that stuff. Uh, it's about 98 days past since we've been locked in ever since the stay home shelter in place order has come in since the Friday the 13th I'm counting March 13th and I've been sober close to a hundred days Na- yeah maybe it's a 98 days since I was sober 95 since we stayed home but anyways I'm out by a couple days with that count that I'm counting I can't believe I cracked the 90 days to be honest I'm only a few days away from cracking three digits 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 uh, and uh you know what, more and more I think about, wow, I really stayed sober all this time, you know, no alcohol, you know, no, no, no drunken stupor, as the late Rob Ford used to say, the mayor of Toronto, uh, so, but more and more I think about it, I'm getting, <laughs> you're like getting fucking tensed up to, oh my god, I really want to touch a drink, especially when a lot of stuff is picking up, but you know what, That it's healthy, there's a lot of distractions, something to do every day. Uh, you know, sometimes, especially working remotely and stuff. And then uh, there was a good podcast about that uh, on the Recode Decode uh, Monday, was it? With Kara Swisher and the team, uh, you know, how the synchronous communication and then the priorities, especially remote working is really difficult, blah, blah, blah. I highly recommend listening to it. Uh, go back and check that episode and then what the future of the work and all that might look like. Um... What the hell's going on outside? All these people yelling. And then, uh, oh, by the way, you know, all the George Floyd, Black Lives Matter, and other stuff that's going on. Uh, only thing I'll note here is I almost witnessed a similar encounter right outside my apartment this past weekend. You know, the police pulled over somebody, and then uh, some guy was uh, just yelling, hey, man, what do, you, what do you do? And all that stuff started talking, blah, blah, blah. It got noisy. And then, uh, thankfully, no crisis has occurred in front of my eyes although i recorded a little bit and see what the hell was going to go down with the police presence but uh you know what maybe i'll visit them next time i don't want to stay on that topic that i talked about the last two weeks so you know what as the title says it's all anna kendrick show so what i wanted to mainly talk about is uh watching hbo max and then the quibi that i talked about so if you want to hear more about the quibi itself uh, go listen to the past episode i had about the quibi and then the AT&T HBO Max, the overall strategy. I talked about AT&T many times on this show. So go back and listen to that. Uh, the episodes are, you know, in the archives a few weeks back, a month ago or something. The Quibi, the episode 160. Wow, mid-April uh, when it came out. And then the AT&T, why AT&T could be the next GE. Uh, I talked about that, you know, last fall, October 2nd, episode 132. Holy crap. Uh, yeah, I really kept a good job. <laughs> You know, patting my own shoulder here, you know, keeping the episodes one a week as I have promised about a year ago. And then speaking about a year ago, uh, Toronto Raptors won the championship one year ago last week. And then uh, I can't believe the one year has passed and Toronto is still the defending uh, NBA champs. I still have not fully digested that, I'll be honest. And then uh, NBA is looking to possibly start the season in the Disney World, in the Disney Resort in Florida. And with all the BLM going on, you know, hey, will the players play or not? You know, and all that's going on. But let's see what happens. And then, uh, but I digress. I don't want to talk about the, 
more important issues i want to talk about the distraction issues because i haven't done that in a while so why is it called all anna kendrick bk so oh good question because uh ever since the hbo max came out uh only original show that i really paid attention to and i saw the at&t putting hbo has putting an ad out on is the love life involving anna kendrick uh, which is the anthology, kind of like the true detective with a different season, having different characters centered around, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and then the, you know, and then the whole season is uh, about Anna Kendrick and the different loves that she goes through and the different partners. And the AT&T had an interesting strategy of having three episodes come out at a time. So I'll talk about that first. And then the, another Anna Kendrick show that I saw on Quibi that I caught up is the uh, the Dummy, the sex doll show. It's, it's like the Lars and the Love Doll sex doll show. It's like kind of, but not exactly. So I'll, I'll do that in the second half here in the short review that I'm going to do. So Love Life, what did I think about that show? Um, you know, when the show first came out a month ago... Uh, or a couple of weeks ago, actually, when the HBO Max launched, you know, so the strategy that AT&T has is they've been releasing three episodes at a time uh, every Thursday. And then I think they had up to nine or ten episodes the first season of The Love Life. And, you know, it's it's it is interesting. And then um, some people thought it was way too much of a drag the first week. And then it started picking up in the second week, going deeper into the character that Anna Kendrick plays, which is Darby, Darby Carter, and then her love life. You know, uh, you know, some people see it as a coming of age, adulting in your twenties, going into the thirties kind of thing uh, that captures over, I guess, a seven-year period, twenty twelve to twenty nineteen. Was it? They said they kind of plotted it out here. Um, uh, and the, the first few episodes, they felt it was a little too slow going through, you know, the three love partners, their significant uh, partner Darby went through. I did not find it utterly slow or shallow. I thought it was uncomfortable because it's, for me personally, it felt a little realistic, you know, encountering your first love and then the casual, you know, likes and all that stuff and then all those encounters. So because of that, I think the point of the show in the very beginning was trying to get into, hey, the typical partners that you encounter casually or more romantically in the uh, involved uh, relationship, more intimate relationships there. Now, when it got to the middle of the show uh, about, you know, there was a reflection episode. So each episode contains of a, a significant other. And it starts off with the partners, but it ends up going into other parts of love, like your family, your mother, your friend, uh, your ex-lover coming back, and then the uh, to the day-to-day, which leads up to the last episode. And in a way, it was uh, very similar to the Amazon show, The Modern Love, I think. It had, like, it encapsulated, you know, love isn't just a partner, the family, the casual friends, and all those other loves, you know, saying love, love, love so much. Um, so I think this this was more one person central focused with the narrator and stuff and the first little bit I was really uncomfortable thankfully it was only 30 minutes long each episode or so so it became a more of a quick bite in my opinion more than Quibi has been um, so the first three episodes first four really felt like a very plausible somewhat realistic view of the partnerships and then it got into the which most 
people found as they, hey, the character development of Darby going into her high school love and then the her mother and her best friend, Sarah, and those episodes and some of the friendship and how the friendship changes over time and whatnot. And then from there, you know, she ends up finding her supposedly the partner that that became her eventual lover, the more permanent lover. But that finish kind of ended flat. They kind of rushed it through. So I felt that it was it, it got really discombobulated near the end when she got pregnant with the ex-lover Augie again, the Korean dude, I guess. And then she met this other random dude, you know, and then the narrator just said, oh, Darby doesn't know yet, but that's really her partner. I just go, what, that's it? That's really it? Like, that's fucking lame, you know? And then, of course, it kind of gives that sort of a... And then her career also professionally, not just the personal life, the advancement of it was a little mushy-mush, you know, like really unclear. So it became really disjointed and a little disappointing rush to the finish, in my opinion. Now they said they'll bring back the second season. But since this is an anthology, I don't think Anna Kendrick's coming to that second season. And to be honest, I'm really not clamoring for more seasons of Darby itself. But the fact that, it, you know, her Anna Kendrick is the quirky, confident character and her overwhelming personality in a good way has kind of shadowed some of the character development and the rush storylines that, that was pretty pretty evident in my opinion that many people saw from the very beginning but the storytelling and then the believability suspension of disbelief or is it a disbelief um you know it's it i think they i think her character and then her acting really overcame a lot of shortcomings on this show so uh would i recommend it Compare and then my obvious comparison is with the uh, Modern Love on Amazon. Modern Love on Amazon really, really was more blatant, directly tackling a topic like uh, friend love versus acquaintance love versus lover lover love. You know all that stuff and career uh, advisor love. You know that kind of everything. It captures more realistically from a diverse set of views of the different characters who encounter these kinds of things. But Anna Kendrick, single character encompassing all those, it was it is very daring. Um, and then I could see where people could say, ah, but that wasn't enough, you know, that kind of thing. It's not at a Netflix level. But I think they did a good attempt. And then uh, her, her character and then her just sheer personality overcame a lot of that. Now, similar to that is the show on Quibi called The Dummy. And then I just go, holy crap, like, this is, what the hell is a dummy show? And then, uh, well, basically, uh, in this character, Anna Kendrick, it's L.A. based because the love life was more New York based. Uh, she's a uh, aspiring show screenwriter uh, who has a boyfriend who's a famous showrunner, show writer. And he has a sex doll that somehow comes to life and starts talking to Anna Kendrick's character, Cody. And yes, it's very disturbing, the CGI, the the face the sex doll got. And then it's very raunchy, you know, and all that stuff. You cannot have a sex doll and then keep it TV-14, for example. And she, it's, it's really schizophrenic in a way because it, 
the entire season really shows is an another up and coming aspiring young writer, young professional in LA instead of in New York. She's really having a writer's block and everything, and then also trying to manage her relationship with uh, her boyfriend character, and then how the how the sex doll really <laughs> has become her voice of reason slash you know the confidant in her brain, which was an interesting imagery in the uh, uh, analogy or whatever you want to call it. I can't think of a literary device to show this and then they try to take a very like raunchy comic to it and but then that's just a sex doll and cgi and then the plots you know thankfully this all the quibi shows are eight minutes ten minutes or less so 10 episodes of this feels like it's like 90 minutes of a movie or long pilot episode in the tv show and then i think it did a good job really keeping my attention compared to other shows on quibi you know, I like I mentioned before in some of the Quibi episodes, I I I've been scrolling through more despite the Quibi namesake being Quick Bites. That I go, I really don't have patience to wait eight minutes. I I become feel more rushed. But the uh, uh the scripting and then the dialogues in the Quibi show, uh, it's it's at that uh fucking like it, the I guess super bad kind of level sausage party level of writing. So it it's it you get engaged that way, but compared to the love life, is it something that is relatable and then you really root for? No, not really. And then maybe if you're a Hollywood writer, <laughs> you have that. Or if you really see depth of it of like, hey, a struggling writer's block and then just a sheer shyness. But again, Anna Kendrick's character playing off of the cgi sex doll and then conversing with this has really you know has really masked and massaged some of the shortcomings that this show has so what what did i learn from watching these two shows you know they're really good you know i guess uh interesting watch that keeps you engaged and then if you're a huge anna kendrick fan from pitch perfect and everything I think you'll love it because her personality and the acting that you have seen before comes to full like full frontal. I'll just say it that that's how that's how it felt. Uh, so it's a very daring two show she did, and then it comes out at a very interesting time with the two brand new services. I hope she got paid. I'm sure she got paid. You know the amount of production that went in, other than the CGI on Quibi, it looks like it's very well spent and well budgeted. To produce something at a high quality that you might see on Netflix or Hulu or even on a traditional cable medium. So I praise for that, but if it weren't Anna Kendrick, I really wonder who could have played her role as a central character in both shows. So uh, it's been really good, but you know, it's like, hey, I like, yeah, I, I, I love watching her just ribbing with whatever character that she's in with. And then the I see that like the dummy, especially, has use more female writers and then the producers and direction directors and whatnot so that's great uh and then it shows hey like it's not just a sausage party and jada patao show like girls can do this too so in that sense i i i genuinely enjoy it that i overwhelmingly enjoy it no and then go like would i go back and watch it again no 
compared to modern love, love life. No, it's not at that level. Dummy compared to the level of some other show, South Park or something. Oh, I'm not comparing this to South Park. I really couldn't think of a, another dialogue-heavy, engaging comedy show. Like, maybe it's, it's Sunny in Philadelphia or something, or some of the other FX shows on there. Uh, Archer, maybe? Although that is animated. So, yeah, I would put that comparison there. I, I applaud the effort that they put in. Uh, HBO Max really doesn't have that many originals other than that one and Quibi I went through enough shows and I said but this one at least kept me to the attention other than the Idris Elba show that was really enjoyable and then I think Stranger and stuff people really like it I haven't fully checked out uh, at this point so anyways that's my review of the Anna Kendrick show I'm gonna keep this short because I, I know I went really over time the last two weeks so I'm gonna keep it short what do you think about the Quibi and the HBO Max show that we have on there are you a huge Anna Kendrick fan you know are you gonna go watch this are you like clamoring for Pitch Perfect 4 or something I still haven't seen second and third so I have no fucking idea <laughs> But I think she's done a great job for the material that she was given and all. So it's really cool. But uh, let's see. I really I really get curious, like, what other uh, avenue or the type of a show that she she would get into. So And I haven't seen her in Twilight either. See, I'm a huge fan, but I haven't seen some of the big work that she already did. Other than the original Pitch Perfect and then the... What's that other movie? Up in the Air with uh, George Clooney that she made, you know, mainstream picked up on the, uh, I think it's a critical acclaim level. So anyways, thanks for listening. Uh, I'm going to keep it short. Uh, if you have any feedback or any thoughts, uh, you know, email me at a-show.look.com, a-show.look.com. You can find the show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. SoundCloud, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, whatever the paw thing you use, you'll find this show. Recommend to your friends. If you want to talk about the other more serious political societal topics that I talked about the last two weeks, holler. I, I, I'm, I'm very happy to talk about. I'll be honest, I haven't opened the mailbox in a little bit, so I got I got a little bit of a catch-up to do. But then uh, I hope you have a rest of the great week, and then uh, we'll check back next week when the summer is officially in hand after the summer show. Bye-bye.